Blog Talk Radio.
All right. Let's go ahead and do this. The show isn't going to do itself. <laughs> You're now listening to Blacktopia Presents Roundtable Talk Radio with your host, Barbara the Country Cleaning Lady, some guy named Jay, and uh, Miss Marie Jones. Blacktopia Roundtable Talk Radio is the number one live stream dedicated to assimilating black folks from all walks of life, teaching and preaching the importance of economic empowerment for our people, and showcasing the talents and abilities of black people across the globe. Yes, yes. This is also the number one blog talk radio show, which I believe, which I believe is not hosted by a convicted felon or a conspiracy theorist wacko or a closeted lesbian, but hey. We'll put on a great show just as good as those people do. <laughs> so listen up. We're going to do just as, as well as, as those people. So uh, so don't judge us too harshly. Tonight we have the poet Daryl Herbert, the artist, here to talk about his poetry, inspirations, opinions, da-da-da, and also join us for additional topics in the black community. But before we get into that, I just want to let everyone know that you can check us out at blacktopia.org. And you can also download and install the Blacktopia mobile app on iTunes, Amazon.com, and BlackBerry World. And uh, if you have an Android, you have to either go to Amazon.com or go to BlackVibes.com. That's BlackVibes.com and search Blacktopia, and you can download it for the Android. And if you have an iTunes, uh, iTunes, if you have an iPhone, you can just download it. And it'll take you, you boom, to get it. Um, and all the other Apple devices. You know, you can't get it in the Google Play Store. Because uh, Google Play, uh, they, don't, they don't play with Jay. They took, they took both my apps out of the store. But it's all good. Got to keep it moving. All right. Plug before I bring on the host. Uh, I guess we'll wait. Phone lines are are are, are off the off the. <laughs> We're going to, we take calls around uh, 9 9:30, 9:40, 9:35, something around that time. So for all y'all pressing one now, just chill out and be easy. We'll get to you after you know at, you know when we start taking calls. So uh, you know, thank you for you know calling early, but it's not your time yet. Okay, we bring on. Barbara, the country cleaning lady. How you doing, Barbara? Country in the house. Country is definitely in the house. Doing all right? Oh, yeah, just doing a show. <laughs> you know how we do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Trying to keep it straight. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Let's go on ahead and bring on... Oh, hold on one second. Um, you ready for the in- interview, Barbara? I know you always are, but I ask you anyway. For Daryl Herbert? Yes, ma'am. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Oh, yes. Let's go on ahead and bring on the other host. I'm still hearing stuff from last week's show. Last week's show had an impact on a lot of folk. You? I'm still getting feedback about last week. I'm still getting feedback about last week. Oh, 
you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, had, it, had, it had a lot of impact on some folks, yeah. Oh, yes, it, it certainly did. We got a lot of new listeners, and, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, was, it was a great Guns and Ammo did their thing. You know, shout out to Guns and Ammo, you know. for uh, boys! What's up, boys? Yeah. And definitely shout out to Ammo. You know, he added, he mm-hmm. added people to black Right after the show, he's like, he, I saw. Uh, his, I was shocked because a lot of folks were commenting. Like I said, I didn't know they were listening to the show, but yeah, they were commenting on last week's show. A lot of the people that he knew, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh yeah. One of his family members even uh, spoke on on a post. We a black coat. We got about two thousand some members now. Two thousand, two thousand two hundred some members. Oh yeah, nice. Blacktopia's growth. Oh yeah. You even got my baby daddy up here. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Good, good. I'm going to get out of here. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. When I saw that, I said, what the hell? Yeah. I'm not even going to say no names. I'll talk, I talk to you later. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Come on, break them on it up here. I'll talk to you about that later, but yeah, you did. One of y'all added them. Somebody did. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> good morning. I'm going to tell y'all right now, don't add my baby daddy. <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Probably did it on purpose trying to on uh, trying to crack down. He did it on purpose. Bang, girl, get a promo because he Black had Topia. no business. Look. No, he he didn't mess my life up. But that's all right though. I got you hey, on the deal. <laughs> what happened in Blacktopia stay in Blacktopia, hot damn it. Don't put nobody's business he out He didn't illuminate it. He didn't put me in the Illuminati because he didn't mess my life up. But that's all oh, right because yeah, I'm still shining the best way country can. So. Well, you know, well, you know, before I used to do interviews with people before they joined Blacktopia, but now I don't do that because everybody got, they go to their other folder, the spam folder, if you're not on the friends list. So, uh, mm-hmm. so what I do now, if they're black, I go to their profile, see if they're black, I just add them, you know, if they, when they request to join the group. And um, mm-hmm. so, so I don't remember who some people are. So if if, if, if I've seen a Ben car chasing them, something, I wasn't even paying attention. Just, oh, he's black, click, black. Oh, he's click, black, click. That's all right. I can handle my home life. But if y'all see me a little bit extra more stressed, it's his fault, Blacktopia, because I don't know what the hell he was thinking. Hey, yeah. that's all right. That's all right. That's all right. I want to put, but I want to bring all black people together. <laughs> now I want you to not bring all the black folk together and fix all that. All black folk you can't discriminate. Joe can't even discriminate. We some of the yeah. most discriminatory motherfuckers out here now. We, no, we, that boy, he's talking about assembling black folk. He's talking about assembling murder. I mean, you know, see, <laughs> some thing we ain't assembling no black folk for the empowerment and nothing. You trying to assemble me to get my ass whipped. I ain't got time for oh, you. Oh, Lord. So, no, we can't do that. No yeah. ass whipping. They're black <laughs> He assembling me for a black ass. I don't appreciate you. What the hell is he done? Well, we can't meet. I'm a member of Blacktopia. 
No, I don't want to hear you. I'm talking about, I'm a member of Blacktopia. I said, what the fuck? You a member of what? Oh, Lord. Oh, Black I ain't going to say it against you because Marvin had problems. Who told That's who, what I said. I don't know. Oh. Well, some jackass oh. where he work at must have. Oh, no. Oh, a few of them have seen the post. We I don't want to talk to you right now. This is not his. This is bullshit going on. It is. It's a conspiracy. Y'all gonna take our country one way or another, so you go into my private world. All right then. All right, it's getting All right. nasty. Dirty. All right, let's, let's go there. Come on, bring Daryl. Just bring Daryl. I know he's. I know he's like, I'm gonna shut up. <laughs> okay, Daryl Herbert. Yes. Yes. Hello. Yeah. Daryl Herbert Good came morning. on the phone. Yes, yes. <laughs> Good morning. Now, now Daryl, uh, this is how we do yes. the show. You know, Barbara sits you down in the hot seat and interrogates you like a cop in the interrogation session. After the interview, I say around 9.35-ish, we'll take calls from the audience. Some people are already pressing one. They need to, you know, y'all hang in there. Now, now when, I, when we start taking calls, don't be hanging up now. Because I'm telling you now. We're taking calls at around 9.35, so chill. <laughs> then after that, after we take some calls around 10 o'clock, we have a break. Come back from the break. I plug some more stuff. Then Miss Marie Jones does Good Morning at Night. After Good Morning at Night, we have general discussion topics, what's going on in the black community. And you can even talk about things that are going on in the Blacktopia group, because I know Tamika Ship and posted up some things, and people in there fighting and arguing and stuff, and Admins are hitting me up like, Jay, you need to do something. And well, I'm like, hey, as long as they ain't talking about killing each other and calling each other happy names, you know, let them fight. <laughs> so uh, we all go. So um, I'm, I'm going to monitor that in a second because Blacktopia, you know how you're doing. And we can talk about that. And uh, callers, you can, you can also join in on that part of the show too. So press 1. If you're listening in on the link, call us at 516-387-1219. And if you're listening in on your phone, if you're streaming, just press 1 and we'll get you on. And also, Daryl, before the show is over, I want you to maybe do some of your poetry, too. You know, maybe a piece of No problem. Down. All right, let's step back and let Daryl, uh, let Barbara and Daryl uh, do it out <laughs> with the questions. I'm a little I nervous, watch. Mr. Herbert, because, see, you are a celebrity among the poets here. I'm a little bit nervous messing with you. But let me congratulate you first off on publishing well over 20 plus of your poems and all the humanitarian work I saw, your career in general, exemplary. Um, So you on the roll with trying to make a positive impact for our black folks. So you really are PR. And can I get a clap for him right quick? Oh, the yeah, damn clap. Thank you so much. I'm about to start clapping. <laughs> My first question, though, after studying health science in high school and um, doing the humanitarian work you're doing now, what made you turn to theater at, is it Utica College? Correct. And Correct. began writing. What made you turn to that? and began writing, which you already doing humanitarian work in health sciences. Well, I began writing at an early age, and 
theater was something that I've always been interested in because mm-hmm. it involves going out of your comfort zone. And I also feel that writing in general is just a good way to relax the body and soul. Mm-hmm. And that is why I write so much poetry because I feel emotion just like everyone else. Like I get angry, I get sad, I get emotional. Like I'm I'm a human being just like everyone else and I feel that there is nothing wrong with expressing yourself because that's the most important thing for you to do. Mm-hmm. That was my next question. Poetry is an expression of the mind, soul, events that character our lives. And you saying that you perceive the art of poetry as a second part of yourself? Yes. So how would you direct that onto the screen or onto a stage in theater as you're studying now? How would you project that, those emotions? Well, I would project that by incorporating my poetry to whatever part I'm doing in theater in that particular setting, whether it's performances, whether it's acting. Um, I always enjoy doing stuff that doesn't really fit my character because it allows me to gain experience as well as make new friends and get new acquaintances. And also, in addition to that, I just love expressing myself because it's vital for me to do it because other people see it and, and they get confidence from me. Mm-hmm. So can I. So how were you using your background? How will that influence the decisions you make to create a legacy for yourself through your poetry, through theater, through your humanitarian work? Well, all those things took a lot of time, especially my poems. Um, Like I mentioned previously, I've written poems since I was five, and um, I've always had a sense of my emotions and certain situations that led me to write particular poems. And as far as theater goes, um, like I said before, I just love to incorporate my poetry into whatever part I'm playing in theater, whether it's acting, whether it's role-playing, or just helping out in general. Um, Mm. I just love to be a voice for other people because not everyone has that boyfriend or girlfriend or friend or family member they could turn to, so I feel like I could be a voice for them in general. Now talking about your poetry, three poems of yours reached my soul. Um, And I want to know what motivated the creativity behind them. Racism in America, published 5, 6, 14. Cans of Change, Reading, Bloodlines, 3, 5, 16. And Loneliness, Cocaine, Frustration, AM, 7, 13, 16. What was the creativity behind those three? Honestly, the creativity process was a lot of anger and a lot of sadness, especially racism in America. Um, That Mm -hmm. poem was very, very angry. I was very upset during that time in my life. And if you look closely, like the last few lines of the poem don't rhyme. So, like, I, you know, challenged the reader to, you know, 
question as to why I'm breaking the rhyme scheme of the poem or in Hands of Change, like why am I mentioning blood and suicide and mm. all these dark mm-hmm. emotions. I feel that these emotions are perfectly normal. Like we feel these things every right. single day. I feel like people need to be more vocal of how they feel mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, just letting out their emotions in a negative way or out right. on other people. Well, self-expression is what I got from Hands of Change because I've been a suicide victim myself. Um, so I, I got being able to express ourselves as people, not as a particular color, but to not be ashamed of to express those emotions. You know, sometimes getting them out. Um, someone else may have already experienced what you've experienced. They can be able to enlighten you to help heal what's been broken. Racism in America, um, that part at the end, what you were saying, I don't see a completion to it. That's the way I looked at it. The the entire um, volume of the poem for me was loudly expressing all the things I always say on my Facebook page. You just put it all together in lyrical form. But I don't see an ending. Where you left it unrhymed at the end, It'll never be complete because we're going to always still have that problem. That's what I got out of that. Loneliness, cocaine, frustration, somebody and their addictions, being able to deal with them as far as a society, as a person, as um, as a black person. Now, now that's what I took away from, from that as well. But I just want to know what your creativity was behind it. When I, you know, read them, I want to know what you were thinking when you put them together. Well, when I was writing Loneliness, Cocaine, um, I was actually listening to metal music, and I really love metal music, to be mm-hmm. quite frankly. Um, I feel that um, that poem was very random, and I didn't really have uh, precise meaning towards it while writing it. It just came out of what I was feeling that particular day, which was sadness, and I just allowed that inspiration to mm-hmm. write it out and also I feel like loneliness and cocaine go together like people allow their emotions to overpower them and then right. they're unable to function properly in the outside world or they cover it up whether it's self-harm whether it's drugs whether it's alcohol like we mm-hmm. cover it up because we don't want to seem weak in front of other people. But the way I got it, like I was saying, people say that when you get on these drugs, you become a different person. No, you don't. I always say you enhance, you enhance what's already there. All the drug is is bringing out the real you. You know, we, we get a falsified front of what you portray because you've already rehearsed it on yourself for years, so you know how to come at somebody. I believe the drugs bring out what's really there in you. I mean, that's the way I perceive that in, in reading the poem. As I said, I mean, I I felt like that's how it came at me. And you've been interviewed by, what, Black Vibes, Adam Levin Brown, and then I saw the dedication that was given to you. That was awesome. How has that publicity influenced your writing? Publicity is something that I enjoy, but at the same time, I'm very cautious with. Um. Mm-hmm. 
first of all, I'm an introvert, so I'm very private with certain things. But mm. I love the fact that my work is being exposed more. It's reaching people from different countries, from different areas of life. And I feel that my message is really tapping into them. They could really, you know, listen to what I'm saying or relate to my words. And it's not I, hard. It's not hard because you take them a call and you make it seem real. You put a reality to it, a reality spin that you're not just, you know, giving somebody a lyrical form of thought, but it's a lyrical form of being. Like, I mean, it has life to what you read. I mean, I'm actually living it with you as I read it. You know, anybody who would be reading, so you you can take them a call and make a. I mean, I, I don't know how you had a gift to do that, but you, you can take it and seem to make it as if you're sitting there talking to me as I'm reading the poem, if you understand what I'm saying. That's how I was when I was reading, and it's like you were sitting there with me reading it to me. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm I'm impressed with that. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. You're welcome. As a humanitarian and an archivist, as you say, what positive, negative, or hypocritical situations, policies do you see within your work with dealing with others? Well, as far as dealing with others, I just feel that people are very judgmental and they don't really get to know me on a personal level. Like, they'll criticize me before they actually have a conversation with me. And mm-hmm. that's fine, but it's just the fact that they think they know me, but they have yet to interact with me on any kind of form, on any kind of level, on any kind of stage. And I just don't really appreciate that because they're not really understanding the true me. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, I can't force people to like me. Like, not everyone is going to love what I write. Not everyone is going to appreciate me for who I am. And that's not my problem. That's their fault, not mine. Right. Well, I see you're in Brooklyn, New York. Are you there right now? No, I'm not in Brooklyn, New York right now. Mm. Is that where the college, that's where the college is though, right? That's where what? The college. Oh, no. Um, The college is upstate, upstate New York. Okay. Okay. What about your, um, because, I mean, I know between Brooklyn and Queens and a few other um, New York boroughs, they've been discussing education among the youth. So let me ask you two questions, because I was looking them up as I was researching um, most of your poetry, which, like I said, I was mind-blown by a lot of it. Um, In those boroughs, mostly, do you see, and, I mean, you're there seeing it as you're, you know, doing what you're doing, going to school. Do you see educating our black youth as a priority or a problem? That's my first question. And my second question, what is the ratio of black to white students enrolled in even your college? Well, the first question, I feel that that is a major priority. Um, For starters, they're already at a disadvantage because of their skin color. And secondly, they're just misunderstood. Like, we're we're always put inside a box before even really letting out our true emotions, before letting out our true talents. 
And it's really, really hard for us to even climb the ladder when society, the government, when everyone else is just bringing us down or they're just criticizing us without really getting to know us for who we truly are. And as far as the second question goes, I'm not entirely sure of the exact ratio, but in terms of the black community, I feel that we are a very wholesome and talented and very mm-hmm. humble people. We're very polite and we are very dedicated to what we do. Okay. Well, tell us something about Daryl that we don't know or that I didn't know. Okay. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> okay. Um, something that you may not know about me, um, I'm a very observant person. Like, I observe people before I interact with them. Like mm. I mentioned previously, um, people are very iffy with me, so I tend to be the observer in the room. I'm not really the extroverted type. Well, I don't like going to parties. I don't like none of that. Like, I'm 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 very mm-hmm. quiet. I'm very to myself. I'm very reserved, very withdrawn. And people tend to categorize me as this depressed or angry mm-hmm. or a suicidal person. Mm-hmm. But my poetry speaks for itself. Like, I speak about yes, a lot of topics that people are very intimidated by. Mm-hmm. And I feel that my voice needs to be heard because there are so many people out there just like me who don't have that support system. Well, you should feel right at home, sweetie, because country crazy and it ain't changed since I've been on here and it ain't going to change when I get off. So you should feel right at home. (laughs) You should be mighty comfortable. There should be no issue with that. And besides, reading all your stuff, and even somebody did a bio That's right, on girl. you through, uh, through Black Vibes. They did a bio on you. I don't see where you introverted and um, reserved and all the other stuff they say. I just see you pick your battles. You you choose where you want to incorporate yourself, and that's professional. I don't see where that is a problem. Precisely. So I don't see where uh, – I mean, people just miss – understand you because they're not trying to understand. They want it to be their way and everybody has their differences. That's what Black Topia is about. So I don't I don't understand where somebody would come up with that perception of you because I don't see that at all. I mean, I don't mind that you want someone very cautious, very concerned about their delivery to people because, you know, in the end, that plays a part of your professionalism. It it goes back to your career, and it just seems like everything you do is geared toward enhancing your career, your professionalism, your persona, the, the character, the person that you have to be, you know, behind the scenes and on the screen. You try to keep both those people balanced. Am I right? Yes, you are very right. Okay, see, because that's what I see. When when I read it, and I don't even know you, I mean, I'm talking to you now, but from reading about you, that's the perception I get. I have to have a perception of who I'm interviewing first, and that's my perception of you. I don't see what everybody else sees, all the other mess. I mean, I could break out and say for some folk, including my own, that it's jealousy that you just have a talent. I mean, I mean, you really do. 
I literally say that as far as your skill. Every poet that's been up here has been phenomenal. But you are an island, an exception in itself, because you can take both sides of the story in your poetry and still, you know, give it that sense of, I want to say, edge of your seat reading, but it still has a message to it. And it's a it's a real live um vision that you have as you're as you're reading the poetry. Very few people can pull that off. I don't care who you are. Very few can pull that off. And so hold on to that because I mean, even with you going into theater, you do well. For real, if you if you if you can act the way you write, boy, you're straight. He's all yours. All right. Definitely uh, thank you for that amazing interview, Barbara the Country Cleaning Lady. We're going to take some calls. Uh, Daryl, because I know some uh, some callers want to talk to you. But, but before you uh, start taking the calls, uh, Ms. Marie Jones, is there anything you want to add, anything you want to ask? I really didn't get what his inspiration was, though, for his his poetry, like, in general. Maybe I missed it. Do you want me to explain further? Yeah, I'm gonna say yeah. yes. Okay. Um, well, not, not the poem, not the poem that she she asks about, in, but your, your your inspiration in general. In general, like, how my do you write? Poetry, in general, my poetry is based off of emotions or situations or experiences. Um, whether it's a breakup, whether it's losing a friend, whether it's death, whether it's uh person committing suicide um i feel that my writing in general it's very dark it's very different and it's very in your face and i love that like i i i i really do and also some of it rhymes some of it doesn't but like i said before i want to go out of my comfort zone i want people to read my poems and understand what i'm trying to say and really read between the lines is there a lady that you have that shares these thoughts and, and feelings with you? No, not currently. Prospect? Yeah. All right, Did now, you say um, no or sure? Oh. Did you say no or sure? Oh, okay. No, no. I'm just saying. All right, now um, that caller that I, that I said that they called press one early, Kind of hung up. No. All right now. Now um, press one. All right, press one if you're streaming on your phone. If you want to talk to Daryl Herbert yourself, um, or if you're listening in on the link, give us a call at five one six three eight seven one two one nine and press one. We'll get you on. You can chop it up with Daryl and uh, Barbara, the country cleaning lady, and Miss Marie Jones. So definitely give us a call. Uh, we got a lot of listeners now. We need some people uh, present for present one. You know, don't be afraid. You know. I have another like question. Go ahead. Go ahead. How do how do you feel the black community treats suicide? Like you've mentioned it several times um, in writing. Um, seems to be maybe like an outlet of sorts. How do you feel the black community treats people who have? Um, who have that thought process? How we how we deal with 
suicide. Do you think writing is a good outlet for people who have have dealt with suicide or Well, I believe that suicide in the black community is a very huge problem and I feel that writing or painting or whatever you feel is comfortable for you, like you should do what makes you feel comfortable. But if you're writing, writing is a very good outlet. Like there's people who have thoughts of suicide, people who know people who have committed suicide, people who have attempted to commit suicide. And I feel that that issue in of itself needs to be addressed more often. Like we're so hidden in the dark and we don't want to talk about it, but yet it's affecting us every single day. It's happening right now as we speak. And I feel that that issue needs to be on a broad scale. Why should we hide suicide? Why should we hide depression? Why should we hide alcohol or drug usage? I feel that all those issues need to be, you know, put into light more because it's really damaging our communities every single day. Yeah. Okay. I feel you. Now, uh, now Daryl, yeah, Daryl, now you, do you know anyone that, uh, that's committed suicide, um, that inspired any of your poems personally? Yeah, that was, yeah, that's a good question. Personally, I knew a girl who committed suicide. Um, it was actually on my birthday and she was, Actually, a girlfriend of mine. But uh, yeah. So, like, that really motivated me to talk about it more often because people look all happy, but you never know what's going on inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Oh, man. That's so sad to hear on your, on your birthday. Damn. Mm. Yeah. That's a hell of a that's a hell of a birthday reminder. I mean, did you see any signs, Daryl? Did you see any signs? I mean, because sometimes, like, if you threaten to commit, you you give off warning signs. Especially if somebody know you, were there any warning signs that something was wrong that she wasn't happy anymore, or, you know, feeling some kind of way? I for one, or it just happened out of nowhere. Well, um, as for one, I saw no signs whatsoever. She seemed very happy. She seemed very delightful to be with me. But I guess in her personal life, she dealt with demons that I had no knowledge of. And I Mm -hmm. guess she felt it was time to go. So that was pretty harsh for me to do it. And I mean, as a man, and I mean, not to get in your business, but I mean, some people up here may be listening that need to hear that. As a man, how did you feel? Because I know I've had friends, um, wives or um, girlfriends who have done the same thing, and the men take it hard, especially if you're a proud man and you feel like that you've given your all to a relationship. And then for you to do this, you know, I mean, in some people, I would be a selfish act. Did you feel some kind of way like you were responsible for what went on at all? Yeah, how does that make you feel? Yeah, because, I mean, I know a lot of the guys took it personally. I mean, you know, they felt like it should have been something. As a man, you want to comfort, you want to make your woman feel some kind of way, and you feel like if she's done this, that you failed at 
keeping her grounded, happy? I mean, what was going through you in the midst of that? In the midst of learning about her suicide, I was in a very sad place. I was very sad about it, to be honest, because mm-hmm. it was very unexpected. And mm-hmm. just in general, like, I dealt with that how I usually deal with situations of that nature. I would write or I would listen to music to calm my nerves. And just trying to get over that was really, really tough for me. But as a man, I feel that things happen. Like, some things are out of our control, but yet can control our emotions. We can control our decisions. We can control our next move to life in general. So I feel that I could have gone a totally different route, but I chose to continue on and try and make the best of things. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I mean, it is a major issue for black folk as well. A whole lot of this stuff is a... We have a lot of issues in our black culture, but that is one that we choose not to discuss and you realize that the victims are getting younger and younger. Um, the kids had friends that, you know, a girlfriend of theirs, 11 years old, she did that, you know, took her life. It's like, you know, they were telling me about it at my job. A couple of the kids that I normally helped um, through my client was telling me one of the young ladies did that because she was overweight. And, uh, I mean, it's disheartening because, first of all, I want to say where are parents at for some of this? Secondly, the peer pressure in this generation is worse than we were. And, I mean, I don't don't know who to blame or what to say. I just know a baby could have lost the weight when she got older if she have gave herself a chance. I I I don't know what to say for it when they were telling, when the kids were telling me at my job. I don't understand what to say for it, but somebody child at 11 is being buried before they parent, it's not a good thing. It's not a... I mean, I don't don't know how we can say this. Yeah. She wasn't even really fat, Marie. I mean, when they showed me a picture of the little girl, baby look no more. I mean, what's the average of an 11, 12-year-old? 60, 70, maybe 80 pounds? Okay, she looked maybe 120, but it didn't look Chunky, chunky. It looked like, you know, she's a little, little chubbykins. That's it. And, I mean, it's a cute chubbykins. It wasn't out of, you know, out of control with the belly falling over. And st- it did not look like none of that. And yet she felt like, I mean, I, I, I the kids said she just felt like it was all out of control. Yeah, we have those unrealistic views, like we're all supposed to be built like Beyonce and Nicki Minaj, even at 10, 11, that. and 12. But, yeah, yeah. I, you know, we get that false image of what girls are supposed to look like, and then you throw in, yeah. like, social media and all types of junk, and that's, like, a false, like, unless somebody, I mean, even if you in the baby's ear, that's why I asked where was the mom. I love I mean, you. Right. You know, See, that's why I said where was the mom. Yeah. yeah, well, they say her mom worked. The, the girls were telling me, I call them kids over here because most of them is younger than me, but they say the little girl's mom worked a lot, and I'm like, okay, but, I mean, I understand you got to work, but you need to spend time with your child, too. You got to find a way to balance yourself. You got to tell the babies you look good. You know, that's yeah, the balance yourself. You got to tell the babies, look, I love you the way you are, damn it. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, first of all, you don't try to make them, 
fess up to trying to be something they not. You let them be their own different self. I mean, that's how they, man. You don't force them to be something they're not. That's that's the first sign of you already going to steer them in the wrong direction. Yeah. And Granny, I mean, I know how we all did when we was kids. Everybody talked about this girl was the prettiest, and everybody wanted to try to look like her. That was never country fashion. I always made my yeah. own thing. So I was like you, girl, in a sense. I always had my, I was always on my own island. You either came and joined me or killed, or killed your ass. I didn't, you know, it didn't make me no difference. It didn't. And I and thank God I had that mentality because if I was the way these kids are the following other people, it would have been a serious problem. Like this baby had, you know, trying to trying to compete and stand up against somebody's status instead of being yourself and being encouraged to be yourself. I never let my kids come at me telling me that, that, you know, they want to be like somebody else. Be yourself. That's what I would say. I don't want to hear it no more. Be yourself. I don't care what somebody got. You got your own. Make the best of your own. That's what I taught them the way my grandmother That's right, me. girl. Child. See, if we, stop that, a... if we stop letting them try to, you know, copy behind other people and be their own selves, I think some of that would take some of the sting out of bullying. When you see, you can't get me to follow you. And that's how a lot of these kids set it up. You know, it starts at home, though. Shit, I was bullied just simply because, of, you know, of being different. And, and mm-hmm. most, if you don't if you don't have somebody behind you saying, you know, it's okay to be different. Right. You know, the, the weight of the world today, shit, that could be heavy. Shit, that. Like I said, it's eight-year-olds yeah, it out here, you know, killing themselves because they don't. They feel so overwhelmed. Like there's no reason you should even be eight, nine, or ten, or eleven, and so like that. Overwhelmed with a damn thing, but how much gum to chew? I'm not. Yeah, I'm just not understanding the response. You should be worried about the next Barbie coming out or shoe. Those issues, the the personal lives that they take on, like little grown people, I get really angry with that. I mean, Daryl, I don't know how you feel about it when you see the children, because it's not even, you can't even say teen suicide no more. It's now child suicide. That's what they're calling it. child suicide. Yeah, it's getting down to the babies when they get in the younger age and doing this. It's it's out of control as far as I'm concerned. I mean, what you think? As far as adults, and I know you see it with the adults, and you do humanitarian work. As far as you seeing it with the adults, what are you seeing when you see it happening with the kids? Because across the country this summer, it went down in almost every state. You had a baby between, like Marie said, 8 and I know 13 years old, hanging themselves, jumping from the top of their house. We had one child do that in Virginia Beach, jump off his three-story home. He was 10. Because he had he had crooked teeth. I mean, I don't know what it was. He had an overbite. You know the overbite they had in the front. Yeah, but they kept calling him all kind of names. And his mama didn't have the money to get the teeth fixed. Because it cost too much. It wasn't in the insurance. The dad had some kind of illness. And, I mean, it was a severe overbite. It was. But that was not the point. Why are you looking at his teeth and not at him himself? But at 10, he just couldn't take it no more and dove off the top of his house. He just couldn't take it no more. I mean, we should not be having it. And, that, and like I said, with someone who's doing humanitarian work, what do you say to this with kids? Because I know Marie is studying for stuff like this and dealing with it too, but what do you say? I say that it's a very devastating travesty, and it needs to be stopped immediately. But unfortunately, it happens every single day. But I also agree with what you said. Like, social media definitely plays a role how many likes you got, how many yeah, friends you got, does. 
how many comments mm-hmm. I see your picture. It's like we're always in competition, but like we're not in competition with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, why can't you be better than who you was yesterday? Why do you have to be better than a person in the spotlight? Like you don't know what their life is like behind the cameras. So I still. I mean, but how can we fix it? I mean, what can we do to talk to these babies? Some of those sites need to be taken out, or the people who are posting these videos. Like, what's that? I think it's, uh, is it World Star? I don't know if you got, like, a lot. I don't think World world, is a World Star. Yeah, yeah, it's a World Star. I mean, just, it's riddled with teens, like, literally kids. Um, fighting, spitting, cussing on each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's just I, I wouldn't want to hurt myself if I was in those situations. Like it's it's really, and then you're having it shared by half a million people around the world. Like that that is overwhelming to an adult. I can't even imagine how it feels for a kid. And so we, we right. that's definitely one of the things we need to address. Like that type of shit that, that needs to be taken down. Yeah, that, that and I don't, I don't see, and that's what makes it so bad, Marie, and even you, um, Daryl, with what we y'all do, what laugh, y'all do, why is nobody funny. petitioning, but why is nobody petitioning to take that shit off, you know, take it off, yeah. the, um, off the computer, why we're not fighting to remove it, and it's not just World Stars, that other one too, what is it, Girls Gone Wild? Um uh, and, and bullies, they got girls going wild and bullies going wild because one of the other ladies at one of my buildings showed me the bullies wild. going wild. Oh, bullies right. going wild, yeah, because she showed that to me. That's a new site her son found and brought it to her and showed it to her because somebody had a fight at their school and they recorded it. It was a bully picking with a child and finally stood up for itself and they put it up there, bullies going wild, that's what they call it. Where do people who who is in charge of these networks? Like who puts That's these websites saying. together? I don't know. I don't know. Cause like she can't meet. She said people patrolling shit that you can't pull. Like you can't say nothing bad about Donald uh-uh. Trump on your Facebook uh-uh. page. Why the fuck do we have? Kids fighting each other, exactly. bullying each other, and that's allowed. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a and teens, with that. teens going wild because the teens go wild is one showing the girl showing their chest, and they ain't even got no chest. They they basically what I got called bullet fronts because all they got, you know, like you got the bulletproof vest. That's all they got is a little nipple part on that. Like yeah, I I believe it is, but they the little boy mama showed it to me both sides because he said his friends somebody um you got an IP address them in like see and then look they have security um in place against us parents. It's a security. He had to log his mama in. Yeah, he had to log his mama in, and he gave her the password for her to come show me both sites. He's going wild and bullies going wild. It's got a, a private IP address that only the members can get in, and the members are the damn children. I'm going to tell you right are now, not I see anybody's kids on any of these sites. I'm beating their ass old school, and then I'm bringing them to you so you can beat their ass. So, so nobody's kids be showing no nipple dog paddles. Yo, oh, no damn way. I call it bulletproof chest. I call it bulletproof chest because you ain't got no damn chest at that age. That's all you got is the nipple pumps. That's what you got on the front of a bulletproof oh, ass. Okay. I'm getting up yeah. there. Say we got any yeah. calls. Because I can't. I'm about yeah. to start cussing. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not. But he said it's a whole. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Now, wait a minute, girl. girl.
Carol, how far does your work go? Because he's the little boy was saying, and I ain't gonna say his name because your mouth. But his mom, his mom, Caitlin, was telling me it's a bunch of sites he has pulled up for her that is geared toward children watching each other in a lot of these scenarios about the same as the adults. And we talking about the stupid shit that we try to block from the adults. Where is somebody to block these kids? And who is giving them the rights to put private passwords that your mama and daddy can't get on them? Yeah. Yeah, he had to let her. She, he gave her the passwords to get into them to show me. It's got, a, it's got parental blockage on all of those sites. All of them. And see, he's such a decent child, and he just told his mama. He said, look, mom, this is what I learned in school today from my friends on his phone. He showed her all of the sites and how for her to get on them. They have, uh, what is it, firewalls up against the parents so they see you coming. Now, who is setting that up for no preaching? Quit trying to concentrate on, I call them orange birds. Um, Donald Trump and what he's doing, and we might want to change our focus to getting some of these websites down. Like, damn, who yes, and ma'am. how do we petition to get? Because mm-hmm. I, I, I almost swear that's illegal to have. It is. Child. What you say, Daryl? Because I mean, I know he deal with he deal with that kind of stuff. With I mean, who who is it that we need to go to specifically? Because them sites they showed me that they don't make no damn sense. None of them. And the fact that I'm blocked as a parent, how dare you? That's what I'm Especially saying. Especially when I, I pay the bills. So I don't know too many yeah. eight-year-olds pay the internet bills. So I just need <laughs> I need some damn clarification. Who in the hell is in charge? Because I'm not right. paying no internet bill. So your ass be well, looking at nobody fighting. And I can't oh, do yeah. See, we have a problem up here mm-hmm. with, with, so with who, child traffic. With, with trafficking. Yeah, right. And so uh, these websites running around freely is, is, is a problem. It yeah, is. Let me jump in right quick and say this. Uh, about the websites that, that stuff, oh, and also YouTube. There's a lot of YouTube videos. Uh-huh. Uh, you, yeah. know, you know what? One of the things that, that, that kind of bothers me, though, is that these uh, fight websites where the children are bullying each other and in the fight stuff, they have, like, millions of hits. But then anything yeah, that's that what I'm saying. Like, we, why do we keep going who is watching this shit? Well, Who is watching this? I don't know. I don't know. You know, I just want to say this. is, uh, You know, us, like the people watching it, that's, that's how, because, you know, these uh, these big companies, they don't care as long as they're getting, um, you know, as long as they're getting views for their products. Exactly. Exactly. You know, so they're like, like these, like big companies are throwing, like, like Google AdSense. Like, a lot of these guys who make these websites and get these fight videos up there, they have Google AdSense account. Google don't even care as long as they make their money, and, and that's how these websites make their money, and because a lot of people are just clicking and watching. And, then, you know, they, you know they, that's, you know, that's what it's all about. But if, if peace and love got millions of hits, then everybody would be talking about peace and love. Yeah. Yeah. This is bullshit. Yeah. Because it we, is. We it can't, is. We can't. No. No, no. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to pull them up. No. I'm gonna try to get them to pull them up for me and put them up there for y'all. If we, I can get her to get yes, it again, so y'all can see, yes. y'all can see what I'm talking about. That shit and where mm-hmm. we can write and petition to take that shit down because if you can't, well, see, he told his mama Marie he didn't want to get in no trouble. 
I know, but he didn't want to get in trouble, but he showed his mama. I mean, it's a group of them. It is a lot of these sites. And if you see, I mean, I know they probably are children, but if you, kids you see on their phones, that's what they're looking at. They're not looking at well, what we, we think they are looking at those sites. So that parents are made aware of, the, of these websites, and you need to go on your children's computer and they find, and block that shit because mm-hmm. that's something that needs to be shared. Oh, and if I'm paying cool. the phone bill, then we need to get a list of rotation and post that shit and make sure that you have that stuff locked on your children's You're right. and paying not near bill. You're right. So, so those websites are blocked. You're right. All right. Now what we're going to do, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to go to a quick break. Uh, Miss Marie Jones, if you'd like to, if you'd like to jumpstart that in Blacktopia uh, about you know getting a petition going the ball over here, you're welcome to. Uh, you know, I'm definitely uh, with that. Uh, yeah, when we come back, uh, it's a mess. Oh yes, when we come back from the break. Uh, I got some things, got some announcements. Miss Marie Jones has a new Good Morning at Night. We got some more Daryl Herbert. Hopefully, we're gonna do some poetry for us. Uh, yes, Lord. Call, listeners, you know, we somebody press one. You know, there's a lot of people listening and people scared to talk. But uh, you know, Daryl, Daryl's the one that's the introvert, and he's the one talking with us. <laughs> yeah, can I get you to so, read uh, "Racism in America"? Wait, somebody poetry. That's what I want you to read. Please. Definitely. Hello. You gonna do that? You still there? You that poem, He's still there. No. Right? You said uh, what? Right now. Thank you. No, no, no. When we come back from the break, when when you get to it, um, Miss Marie got to do, um, good morning, at night, and then when she's done with that, before we go, can we please hear a little bit of it? I want you to. That's when he can do that for the good morning at night. Yes, Should I? Got no, no, no. We're we not gonna rough. do that. No, you do your stuff. Right, but that, I you got kids out here showing. I thought you already knew about girl. that, girl. I thought you already yeah. knew. You See, in particular. And my kids better not be looking at no god. Girl, I can't. Um, let me stop. We gonna all right? Cause I'm about to start cussing, and you on here right, well, posting sites and stuff. Okay, well, we're, about to, we're about to go into this break. You're listening yes, to sir. Black Token Presents. You're listening to Black Token Presents. Made my blood Round pressure high. Oh yeah, oh yes, oh yes. You're listening to Black Topia Presents Roundtable Talk Radio with your host, Barber the Country Clean Lady, some guy named Jay, and Miss Marie Jones. Uh, we're about to get into a quick break. Stay tuned. When we get back. We got some announcements. Good morning, good night. Some more of this conversation. Some poetry from Daryl Herbert. So, uh, stay, stay tuned. Hold on one second. I'm tired of these Facebook notifications blocking my. Uh, hold on. We, we got we got to go into a break and the there's this thing act like it don't want to do do what it's supposed to do. Hold on. Um, we're going to take this break. <laughs> we're going to take this break. Uh, you know how you know how it is. Uh, how the audio. Okay, I'm about to get this. I'm get frustrated. Okay, here we go. Yeah, dedicated to you and yours. OC phenomenon. Kind of 
saw with the microphone born, no doubt. OC, go and turn it on now, yes sir. Follow me now if you didn't follow before. How shall I attend to a sin this wrong? You pull up to a light, knocking my head, flicking your bit. Gold chain stick to the chicks, licking your lips, they hop on it. To my cassette, like a cop, they feeling for what I give, like bumping a rock, Missoula. Food for thought, like my nigga AG, give it. NYC, nigga, I live in it, let's go. Mess no rhyme, I bless the flow. Dipping with you and I, swerve, control the Lex, though. Popping with Jigger, dropping jewels to beast. Then I bounce a ghost ride with my main man, Sweet. He can wax the nigga. Girl, I ain't seen you in a long time. You done lost some weight. That's right, girl. Ch- 
child. I've been using this new product, Total Life Changes Tea by CurvyButHealthy.com. That's how I lost the weight. Child. Now, wait a minute, girl. So all you're saying I got to do is drink this tea and I can go to the bathroom and piss these calories out of me? Well, not quite. What it does is speed up your metabolism, curb your appetite, and give you the nutrients your body needs so that it can help you shed the pounds. And, girl, you can lose the weight and keep some curves, too. Well, girl, that's exactly what I need. I'm trying to look good in my bikini when I go down to the beach. I'm going to go to CurvyButHealthy.com right now and order about 10 cases of that tea. Yes, yes. 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 Order Total Life Changes Tea from CurvyButHealthy.com today. Yeah. I'm going to go to CurvyButHealthy.com and order about 10 cases of that tea. I'm going to go to CurvyButHealthy.com. I'm going to go to CurvyButHealthy.com. All right, we're back. You're listening to Blacktopia Presents Roundtable Talk Radio with your host, Barbara the Country Cleaning Lady, some guy named Jay, and Miss Marie Jones. Oh, yes, we do this every Tuesday night. At 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you know what it is. Also, check us out at blacktopia.org and uh, also download and install the Blacktopia mobile app. Uh, and why would you want to do that? Because it gives you all kind of you know, news and information on positive things going on in the black community. You know, I mean, why, why the fights and the, and the pulling out the weeds and all the stuff like that? Why does that have to get a million hits? But, you know, we're talking about, uh, you know, people doing positive things in the black community and uh, humanitarian work and doing all this other stuff. Uh, you guys are, you know, not, not really showing up. But, I mean, but, you know, Blacktopia does get hit, though. It does what well, the website does, uh, and so does the mobile app, but just not at the level of a, of a kid fight club, whatever the heck it's called or whatever this trash is. And uh, where, where they're fighting and stuff, but but you know, what's keeping these websites up is us. You know, we keep listening, keep going, we keep uh, clicking the videos, searching them, because uh, I I doubt that it's a million kids looking at these things. You know, I, I <laughs> these are that just got to be adults. And hey, like like Miss Marie Jones says, you know, adults pay the bill. So how are um. And I, and I also I guarantee you a kid didn't create this website. Well, I don't know. Kid, kids know how to do things now. But um, yeah, yeah. Well, who knows? Maybe maybe a kid did, did, did create the website. They know HTML and things and stuff. Um, I hope not though. I hope not. Well, actually, I I I, I hate to say that an adult made it. If an adult did, but um, but we need to start supporting peace and love. We need to start supporting. Positive things. I know that's. All right, you know, actually, a guy left uh, Blacktopia like a couple weeks ago. Um, he's still on my friend list, though. And I was like, hey, well, I see you left the group because I like to ask, like, why, you know, why why did you leave the group? And, you know, I want to know if, if somebody was bothering the person or if they're getting content that they want to, don't want to see and this and this and that. And, uh, you know, what he told me, he was like, you know what, to be honest with you, the group is kind of boring. That's what he said. Group's kind of boring, but I don't think it's boring. I mean, I, I, and, I, and I, I'm not saying that because I created Blacktopia, but I mean, look at the. I'm not, I'm 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 like a lurker in Blacktopia, and I created it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I post. I'm not one of the most frequent posters in the group. Uh, you know, we got Tamika Ship, Tammy Thomas. We got all kind of people. Leah Michelle. 
Barbara, all that. They they posting. People. Uh, I go in there and check in the group, and it's like comments going 30 comments long and stuff. But he's going to say the group is boring. Now, uh, now I don't want to. I don't want to. Um, no, actually, I'm gonna say this. Cause I know he's not listening. I don't want to put. His, I'm not gonna put his name. But uh, but this this kind of actually puts me out there to say what he said. Uh, I mean, no, I mean what I'm about to say is actually going to is going to tell on both of us. But it's okay. I'm an adult. I don't give a fuck. I'm. I, uh, you know, I go to other groups and I uh, and I recruit black people for Blacktopia from from other Facebook groups. And um, the Facebook group that I found him in. And we'll just I'm just gonna throw it out there. Um it is a group uh it, it, well, you know what, I'm not I'm not even gonna go that far. I'm just gonna I'm you know, you already you know. But I, my what 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 uh I didn't say bothered me, but what what uh what kinda of blew my mind was that he said Blacktopia is boring, but the group that I found him in, I'm like, Okay, so so that's not boring. Uh look <laughs> that, that you know these groups that, have, that that all they do is post memes and they have no activity, and um, all they do is just uh, you know like you know like it's a special interest kind of club. The group that he that he's in, and I'm like, okay, that that's all that's in that group is that one particular niche thing, and it's not even conversations about it. It's just that one stupid thing over and over and over and over, and over again. You know, and, but that's not boring to you, but Blacktopia is. <laughs> Well, uh, hey, you know, whatever. But see, that's the thing. We don't have fights. We don't have drama. We don't have it. Well, we do have that every now and then. But, you know, the drama is everywhere, even in church, even in places where it's supposed to be sanctuaries and no drama, you know, like a school. <laughs> School's not supposed to be for fighting, supposed to be for learning. There's drama there. So there's drama everywhere. But uh, Blacktopia is not known for drama. It's known for more positive things like uh, uplifting, giving people a platform to shine and share their stuff, share their music, uh, share what's going on in, with their lives and things like that, and, and helping people, useful information being shared. So, uh, you know, like I said, the other black people, unfortunately, that's boring. Um, and I want to say this right quick before I bring Miss Marie Jones on for Good Morning at Night. Uh, there's another group that I'm a part of called... Uh, I forget the name of it. It's uh, called "Tell Them Why You're Mad," something like that. Or tell, tell them, yeah, something like that. Tell them why you're mad, or something, tell them, something like that. That group has fifty thousand members, and all they do is argue. All they do, that's all. Argue, 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 debate, debate, debate. And I'm not when I say debate, debate is cool. That's not arguing. That's you know, if you disagree, you can you know talk your point. That's fine. But, I mean, no, they're really arguing. They're really talking junk and rolling necks because black women argue too. <laughs> they, they roll necks. They, they fight. They call each other out their names. Admins. I don't, they have seven admins or something in that group. And I don't see anybody doing anything. Uh, you know, and they post horrific things in that group. And I'm like, yo, how's this group have 50,000 members and people, more people are joining it? Blacktopia is about black people coming together, you know, and unifying and, and showcasing our talents and abilities and things like that. I only have 2,000 members, and people are deciding to leave it. <laughs> uh, okay, well, uh, you know. Oh, and another thing I want to say before I, want to, before I bring Miss Marie Jones on to, oh, I want to plug the next week's guest. Next week's guest, we have Linda Brown. Uh, let me clap for that. You got the sound effect ready. 
Uh, where you at? What a clap side. There we go. We have Linda Brown with ACN. She's been promoting the show on her personal page. I've been seeing that. Good good for her. Um, she's with the ACN Network. She's that woman that's been in the group that's been posting, um, you know, that's, that's been posting. Well, she hasn't done it in a while. But she used to post those funny commercials, uh, you know, like, dang, girl, you got those, uh, you got, what what she say? Something about, uh, you got that big screen TV and you're still looking at them hospital waiting room stations on it and all this other stuff. And, you know, trying to push the ACN uh, services and things like that. Yeah, there are, uh, people People mostly laugh at her, uh, at her commercials, but they're, they're, they're very entertaining. And they, like I said, they're, they're entertaining and they get the point across. So we're glad to have Linda Brown on the program next week on Blacktopia Presents Roundtable Talk Radio to talk more about ACN and, um, and she also wants to recruit some people too, so <laughs> we'll, we'll, you know, we'll definitely see how that goes. Um, and also, before I bring it to Miss Marie Jones, I want to say this: this is a talk radio show. Uh, so if if just the hosts are going to sit up here and talk, because a lot of y'all are listening, it's not like nobody's listening. A lot of y'all are listening right now through the, I, I, I can see. But you guys don't want to press one. We're not going to sit up here and talk to ourselves. We might as well. What are we doing this show for if you guys don't want to jump in and talk to the guests? That's also like, I, I, you know, with guests, um, never really have problems booking guests. But, you know, that kind of makes guests go, okay, what, what am I doing this for? If nobody, if, if there's no participation, this and this and that, da Because the guests can't see the analytics, but I can so when I tell them that people are listening and they go, okay, but nobody called in to talk to me, you know, that that maybe discouraged them from wanting to maybe participate some other time. So if you're a supporter of Blacktopia, which a lot of you listening are, uh, and I know you might be shy, but come on, do us a favor. Jump on, press one. We know you're listening. Press one. Join the conversation for a little bit. Just ask one question and then bounce. You don't have to, you don't have to, you know, because, well, actually, we don't want you to talk as long as I'm talking right now. <laughs> uh, we do want you to contribute to the content kitty, but we don't want to, uh, you know, you don't have to do a long-winded monologue. Uh, okay, well, speaking of monologues, let me go ahead and bring Miss Marie Jones on. Enough of that. I had to get on my soapbox for a minute. Uh, talk to us. We we got to make these, uh, you know, make make the guests feel more welcome. Make them want to, you know, it's more worth, it's, you know, all this is worth it. You know. Yeah, I mean, y'all ain't got to gotta be scared or nothing. You know, we ain't going to bite y'all through the phone or nothing. Exactly. I mean, we might, like... but y'all can still call in. <laughs> Some of y'all like yeah. to be pissed. I don't know. I ain't judging. Yeah. yeah. I'm judging y'all. I'm judging the, I'm judging the people that are listening and not calling. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm judging y'all. Press one. Today. Yeah, press oh, sorry, one. Press one. Say y'all name. Say where y'all calling from. Let us show us some love. It's okay. Y'all can show, show Jay some love. Just say I'm a member of Blacktopia. You ain't even got to get your name. Get your tag name. Exactly. And if you're listening in on the link, all you got to do is call us at 516-387-1219. One nine and press one. I mean it, y'all. Give us a call. Don't be, you know, don't leave us talking to ourselves. Why y'all just sit here and listen? Y'all just jump on in. 
All right, Miss Marie Jones, speaking of talking to ourself, I know you've got to do a monologue. Good morning at night. Because you're not talking to yourself, though. you're talking to the people. But you just I mean, I mean, sometimes I like to talk to myself. I need a little bit of good advice. But, you know, I'll listen to y'all, too. It's okay. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying. So today is September 13th, 20 years ago. It's been 20 years, y'all. I just kind of told my age a little bit because I didn't realize they had been that long. It's been 20 years since Tupac died, y'all. You know what I mean? 20 years. 20. Yeah. So 20 years ago, black folks lost our version of Elvis. Because y'all know he's still alive somewhere chilling in Cuba, right? He got to be somewhere down in Cuba because too many black people didn't see him. I'm just saying. But really, seriously, it's been 20 years since Pac was gunned down in the drive-by shooting. I believe it was after he was leaving a boxing match down in Vegas. Um, I hadn't even realized it had been that long. But in celebration of this brother's life, I just want to give a few things that we may not have known about him. You know, he was an actor, poet, he was a writer. He was definitely an activist. Of course, we all know he was a celebrity rapper, but. There's a few things y'all might not have known about Shakur. So Tupac, before Jay-Z, Lil Wayne, Jeezy, all of them folks, Shakur was the first rapper to put out a double CD. CD was called All Eyes on Me, and it sold over 10 million copies, and it had one of my favorite pop songs on there, Ambitions as a Writer. Don't judge me. Yes, that was one of my favorite songs, okay? And y'all all know he had Thug Life tatted across his abs, right? So people, okay, y'all assuming, okay, yeah, he had thug, blah, blah, blah. No, actually, thug life tatted across his abs was an acronym to his people, his crew, and it stood for the hate you gave little infants fucks everybody. Thug life, that. It actually had a meaning behind it, not just thug life, you know, he's thug, but that's what thug life meant across his chest. It's also rumored that Pac recorded thousands of songs before um, he passed that never made it out. So apparently there's 13 bootleg albums um, that his late mother, Afini, and um, the infamous Suge Knight um, had let release. They kind of still are fighting over it. Um, apparently even though his mom has passed away, there's still a fight over um, who gets the credit, who gets the money over those 13 bootleg albums. It actually keeps Pac uh, relevant with street cred and rumors of him still being alive. But if you ask me, I still think he, he is really alive down in Cuba, but that's just. Anyway, Shakur's born name before uh, Afini changed it was Lashane Parrish Crooks. I like Tupac better. And just to piggyback real quick off of our show from last week, Pop's last words to the officer who first responded to him at the drive-by shooting was, fuck you. Tupac fashion, last words to the cop, good morning and night. I need y'all to have a little moment of silence for my man Pop, make you rest in peace. It's been 20 years, y'all. I feel a little old. Good morning. Shit, good night. Oh, I'm going to pop back. 
How old was I when Pac died? I was like 20 when Pac died. He died in 97. We just celebrate. Uh, 90. 96. 96. 96. Like, I know we're celebrating the whole 9-11 thing, but shit, I got to celebrate Pac's birthday. I don't know. Pac, Pac anniversary. Well, kind of fucked me up today. Oh, yes, and Daryl Herbert, uh, you know, he also uh, listed Tupac as one of his, you know, one of the poets that inspired him, too. Oh, wow, what's up? Daryl, your mic is on mute. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, you're beating through it. You got to have a favorite Tupac song. Oh, <laughs> my favorite Tupac song is actually Dying to Live with Biggie. Um, oh. I just love the way he came on and he killed the record and his wordplay, his metaphor, his tone, and just the subject matter of the song in general. I can relate oh. to it. And I'm sure a lot of other people can relate to it. And that's just oh. amazing. Yeah, yeah, that that's one of those songs that was released after he uh, passed. You know, um, after he passed, yeah, together. yeah, they uh, put some vocals together, and um, and, and a lot of people don't know that that "Living and Die" that you mentioned, uh, Eminem produced that record. He, he did the beat for that. A lot of people don't know that Eminem was a white rapper. <laughs> mm. <laughs> he mm. made the beat mm. song. Uh, you know, well, he took the well, he took the acapella from the, from I think that's uh, why people still think that he's alive because he's still coming out with music, but people don't realize like he had he recorded like thousands of songs before he passed that didn't make it. Yeah, and, and a lot of those things are like I said, like the thing Eminem did, like that's those are re like they're taking stuff, remastering it, remixing it taking the old track off, putting a new track on, and, right. you know, and, and putting it on. You know, my favorite Tupac album, I'm not going to say a record, but, like, one single, my favorite Tupac album is with Me Against the World. I like that one. Because it, it, it was more deep. It was, it was, it was, I don't okay. love the record okay. he made right okay. Yeah, that's the one he made right before, uh, um, all eyes on me before he got signed to Death Row with Suge Knight. So that, yeah, I, I love the, the, the song, the beats on there, and the, yeah, I think that record came out in like '94 or something. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think you're right. '94, '95. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, '95. Okay. It, it had uh, okay. it had if I should I should die tonight with uh uh. Malik, K.W. the Artisan did his remake of that. Right, uh, right. Yeah, Temptations had the song Temptations. Uh, had a what was it? Bab, what about you? Uh, my favorite song was Keisha. I just I had one favorite song, and then you know when she did California. California and Keisha were my favorite too. I mean, Sadie. Really? Yeah, he did Sadie. He did a remake of Sadie. Now, there were a couple of things that he did that, you know, I liked because not just 
the beat of the song, but the message behind it. I mean, you really had to listen to what he was saying. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I liked about him. Like, you really had to mm-hmm. listen to the lyrics. Like, he was actually right. talking. Like, he was spitting some game. He wasn't just saying some shit over a beat. Right. Like, he I mean, was he was really giving you a message. Talking. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that one he did about the girl, Keisha, that was 14 years old that had that baby. And that they used baby. that as yeah. a national anthem. Uh-huh. That was a national anthem for teen pregnancy for a long yeah. time. Because, I mean, he said it was a subject nobody wanted to talk about. They kept making it look like, you know, these girls were just being grown. Some of them were actually being put out of their home and having no choice. Right. But, right. you know, I mean, that also opened up. I think they said he was one of the first people that opened up the situation in the projects with how these women were what they called them as welfare mules. And I did a post on that right. that a lot of people didn't right. like. But Welfare Mule's been around a long time. Where these women, Baby. what that is, Black Topia, in case y'all don't know, Welfare Mule is when you can't have no more children and your uterus and drop to the fucking floor. You turn around and take your 12-year-old, 11-year-old, and start using her to produce a baby so that welfare can still be in your home. It may not be in your name. Right. But as long as it's a minor, you can still cash the check uh for her and the stamps and keep doing it until she's old enough to do it herself. So whatever your money was financing, drug habit, drinking, or your man, you can still use your child to do it. So they call them welfare mules. But black folk got That's right, girl. Child. Talking a bunch of shit, but you you sell your kids like that. You talking about the white man, mouse ain't round no more. You your own new mouse. (laughs) Why you bullshit? And so, I think you know, that's something we people don't we we still don't address because it's still it's still we're suffering the repercussions from those welfare mules like that's the mm-hmm. generation that's coming out right mm-hmm. now and they're that's just right. regurgitating that, that this is that's yep. the generation that we dealing with right now that's why they don't that's they lack right. ambition and so I can just have two more three more kids and just cash a check or I can just have mm-hmm. ten kids and just keep cashing that check and then those ten mm-hmm. kids are gonna do the same thing that the welfare mules is doing so this is just this is like a horrible circle. And that's all it is. Personally, myself, I know women who have done that shit on purpose. Twelve, mm-hmm. thirteen-year-old girls. Uh, Mom ain't doing shit. Okay, but you gonna go get yourself pregnant, and that's exactly what happens. They not doing mm-hmm. that. Want to? That's a shit. They ain't been forced to do. Yeah, yeah. Modern day. Family. I mean, we, we got a lady here. They, they got a lady girl just they finally got this winch. I don't. Know, somebody just conscious. I finally started getting at them because she got younger and kids. She had 13 kids here in Norfolk. Um, the younger mm-hmm. three, three, so you can't get them because it just don't last on the welfare for you. Won't um, you need them younger so that way you mm-hmm. can get your fresh hand kids. Her younger, her 10 year old and her 12 year old, the 10 year old got pregnant, so they already know the little girl can't carry no kids. But the 12 year old, the child. And she, two years later, she was 14 now when they got lady this year. They got her. She was 14, the baby. And the little girl must have got tired to work with somebody. Oh. Told them that's what was going on. When they got the man, and what she said, her mama did it, and nobody said nothing. So why not her pass on that legacy? Call that's that a saying. legacy. You see that's what I'm saying? And we got, we got to break that chain. I'm saying, I've been telling you. I've mm-hmm. been that's so not a legacy. Up. Yeah. That's not a legacy. That's not a legacy. No, it's not. First, first, we ought to talk about the white man doing something to you. 
you just call maybe like a welfare a legacy. Stand out your mouth, but you the white man done it to you. He ain't standing there saying shit out his mouth on national TV. You did. And proud of it. Yeah. have a life. Plenty of women proud to have six kids, four teenagers, cashing a check. Plenty of helpless yeah. that's proud to do. Oh, yeah, I got ten kids. I gave me a check on the first and the 15th. Beat your ass. So that's funny. I'm working for them. Mm-hmm. I can't get yeah. a full stamp to say. But I mean, yeah. girl, I, I mean, the man. Cause used to be y'all. Women, hoes, bitches, so forth. Black women are starting to do this stuff on their own without y'all. And I know you've been in a grocery store. I mean, do you have any kids, Earl? Any? Do you have any children? No, I do not. Okay. Have you been in a grocery store and listened to some of these black young women have come in there with multiple children, no aspirations, no future, and, and proudly talking about how many baby daddies they got and their, and their welfare check as a man who is established? How does that make you feel? That makes me feel very... I want to hear it from your mouth. That makes me feel very sad. Like, the cycle is going to continue because what the child sees, he's going to imitate. He's going to imitate. And that's going to pass on to their children and then their children. and, And then the cycle just keeps going on and on and on and on. And we're so scared of breaking it because that's all we know. Well, learn more. Like, there's other ways to get around in life. Like, you can't just mm-hmm. do one thing. Like, there's multiple ways to do one thing. Mm-hmm. Well, so you really heard them say, idea. no, no, you heard them yell they want a good man, which will constitute what you are, what proper is, what a whole bunch of the other gentlemen on Black Toby is. They yell they want a good man. Be honest. You know there are guys out there with one child that they don't take care of. What man you know going to take care of nine, ten damn children ain't his? You tell me, as a single man, you've established yourself. You may you may get with a young lady and fall in love. She got one child. Okay? You know, that's that's a given. But when you come in, when they come at you with all them children, improperly dressed, don't know how to talk out their mouth, honestly tell me what you think. I think that that is a problem that needs to be taken care of right there immediately. But at the same time, like, I can't control these people. Like, they have to do it themselves. But yet, they don't want to because the the system makes them feel comfortable. So they feel that there's no reason to change their behavior. There's no reason to stop doing what they're doing. But they don't see the long-term effects that it has on the future or that it has on their children or that it has on themselves. They're rather mm-hmm. just get the, get the money, get the power, get the status, get the all of the materialistic things that they desire. And it's just not going to last. It's just so temporary. And they don't see that. They just rather continue doing what they're doing all for benefit. Now, now Daryl, I meant to do them claps earlier when you said uh, that that makes them uh, comfortable. You know, I actually um, said that on Michelle T's show last year, Um, you know, she had her show. I actually said that, uh, you know, the the reason why they do it is because there's no, uh, I think a lot of y'all Ain't no damn repercussions. That ain't no Uh repercussions. 
Exactly. No, exactly. That's the problem. And and, and mm-hmm. I, I think I made a post about that. I think that, that people had got mad when they said welfare recipients needed to pass a drug test and people on welfare had gotten mad. Yep. Well, let me tell you something. Me too. If my me ass too. gotta go take a drug test and go work, then your black ass should go take a motherfucking drug test if you get a welfare check. A check is a check. I don't care how you get it. But if I got to take a drug test to earn my check, and if you at home chillaxing, you should take a drug test to earn your check. You right. You right. You right. It's only fair. It's only fair. I mean, it's only fair. You're right. I know know plenty of folks eating lobster and steak on a bridge car. Or the ATM, the food that I was but we mm-hmm. can pass off the damn fire bad blunt. Now, I ain't mad mm-hmm. at you. You got a problem. You can't work things. But, God damn it, if you ain't got a problem, you able-bodied, get your ass out here to work. Yeah, lame. Yeah, lame. It definitely I mean, needs it. to be a limit. Ain't no reason two generations of families should have been on welfare. Can't nothing yeah, I said start taxing them. I said start taxing You can continue to get that check, but I want 2%. I think I don't think it's fair that you mess with a social security check and you make them pay two percent for money they've earned. Then for these women exactly. ain't work nowhere. You need to give me two percent back into my money. Put it back into my taxes. You ain't never paid for. I mean, people keep forgetting what FICA was for. We can say the government is corrupt all night long, but my grandmother told me in the 60s, FICA was set up as a safety net for those who didn't have good credit. They they projected there would be a few, didn't have good credit, mm. didn't have any 401k. You were supposed to be able to fall on FICA. Why are people having right. to go get an attorney to sue for Social Security that belong to them because they work? But you could turn around and go get SLH, SSI, FY, fuck I. You can go get all of that on my shit. But I can't get my own money. I don't understand that. I have yet to understand that. Why do you have to have an attorney for Social Security you earned? But somebody else can sit there. I had a lady I cleaned for y'all. I'm going to tell you right quick. I had a lady I cleaned for 75 years old. I ain't going to say her name on this ad because somebody might be a relative and I had to punch him in the eye. But 75 years old, okay? She told me she started out on the system as a baby through her mama. She came from Kentucky. She moved here from Kentucky in 77. She was on the welfare under her mama in Kentucky. When she turned 15, somebody turned her on to hand babies in order to stay on the system and never have to work, play the system. When she turned 15, she had her first baby. This woman got 15 kids. She, Her last child turned 18 just as she turned what? 65 to receive Social Security. She rolled the system all the way out with all them children. So that soon as it changed over, what it did for her, she said it was changed over from welfare to her mm-hmm. Medicare and Social Security. She ain't earn none of it. She ain't work for none of it. She get the full benefits of Social Security, and she gets the full benefits of Medicare, and she got diabetes. She is fully taken care of on all levels. She has lived in every public housing in Virginia. She is, I said, in her 70s, okay? She going to ride it out and die. She been on it from birth. To all 15 children to this point. And you can't take her off of it, she said. She laughed about it. And I cussed her out. Because I said, you going to tell me this like I'm supposed to be proud. I'm standing here, got to work from 2 a.m. to 2 a.m. Don't even see my money when I'm done paying the bills. A stack of money don't mean shit to me because it's gone paying bills. And you bragging about using my taxes? 
I laid her out. And I, and I said, I said I apologize for cussing you out. But to let you know, I'm on proud of you telling me that. And I'm a taxpayer. I apologize. You serious? Y'all, y'all don't get mad at us talking about y'all welfare. Yeah. Y'all want to chime in. Well, she y'all want to chime in about y'all welfare. Now call in about that. Now call in yeah, about that. Don't wait on me. I want not This lady rolled it out. But look, this was my point, though. This was my point, girl. For you and proper as me again. It's not fair to y'all as taxpayers, me either, or your grandma or your grandpa that been out there working all that time and they tell them they can't get their Social Security. They tell them they can't get their medicine and they've been out there working. But this lady wrote it from birth to the grave. Now, I, I, if you now how unfortunate is that? How fast is that? I want your opinion. I know you got somebody that's a family member that should be receiving their Social Security by now. How you think that's fair? You hear your grandma or grandpa and them talking about this stuff, and he, this this woman and other women like her, she told me there are others like her, are riding it to their death. You know, I How have patients is who can't who can't afford. Um, we have patients all the time who can't afford their medication. Mm-hmm. I mean, it literally comes down but to. But you got these women and men riding to the you know, take my medicine. Yes. What you that's think about that, girl? Do you think that's fair? Because as a humanitarian, do you think that's fair? I believe that certain people need to be held accountable for. And I also feel that people are not taking action. Like, there are so many ways to uplift yourself or gravitate yourself to higher lengths. Like, we have the Internet. We have all these sources that we could use, but we just don't do it because it's too hard or we don't have the connections. Like, you have to make those connections. Like, you have to put yourself out there. No one's going to offer you a check just like that. Like, you have to really brand yourself. Like, no one's going to brand mm-hmm. you for you. So I feel that you have to take responsibility for your actions and not be so picky-picky with your choices and your decisions because no one's ruling your life but you. You ain't got to be cute about it. These people need to get off their ass and get a job. Just call mm-hmm. them. Before you work at McDonald's, mm-hmm. you be shoveling shit at the zoo off of an elephant. I don't give yeah. a damn what it is, but if you mm-hmm. have the capability to get up and work, that's right. I'm going to lay. It is some people who are legitimately it you is. just really can't work. I got and I, I won't be trying to be mean, but I was at that point Same after some of the people, mean. including mom, including mom, the lady I told you I sit with with all times, including her, even with her husband and her work, and she worked for the government, he was in the military and was a fire chief. Because they had all those benefits, they won't give her his Social Security. And that woman is fighting all times. And it's not right. They work for all of that money that's due them. This lady ain't worked no well. And sitting there riding the system, I told her, I said, basically, I don't mean no harm, but once your last child turned 18, chick, that should have been the last you had the system. I don't give a damn what you're dying of. You have rolled it out from all of your children. I feel like that's all of my benefits you need to receive. And that's at this it. point, whatever happened to you, I'm sorry. If you can't find a craft at this age because you're too old, it's too damn bad you ain't got no way to take care of your diabetes. I'm sorry. You rolled it out long enough. Millions of dollars have been pulled into you and 15 children on a system you didn't put nothing into. I mean, you know, that's the way I felt about it. And she laughed. That shows the, God Almighty, it showed the ignorance of it. Because she thought I was joking. I was seriously a heart attack. 
I didn't. I meant everything I said to her. And she was like, don't matter to me because long as people let me do it. I said, what people? It's got to be the government where you vote for them that's, that, you know, giving it to you for votes because it sure ain't me. I can't this use this I'm money saying. if I need it. We need people to call in. Call in, callers. If you got a worker that you know that gets you through the system, damn it, I want to know who. Cause yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's cause crazy. Because I can't even get, I, I can't get medical. It's people out here who actually just need assistance. It may be temporary. You fail on hard times in between jobs. Things of this nature. You just need a short-term help out. It's people who can't get mm-hmm. it. And it ain't work. 10, 20, 30 years. You know, got laid off a job. They go to apply for assistance. They can't get nothing. They can't get Y'all should call in. Y'all should call in because I know y'all know kids. people. I know y'all know no, people. No. Y- y'all got to know the work, and I need to hook mm. this No, we need to so stop sitting there and letting it go down. Too, y'all should, y'all should be calling in and saying what y'all think for real, because, I mean, it's it's a it's an epidemic for all of us. Y'all need to press one, even if you just say you disagree or agree, because it needs to stop for real. We need to shut this system down and rethink it. We ain't going to talk about your welfare check. We ain't, well, I might talk yeah. about your welfare check, but we ain't going to talk about your welfare check. Press y'all one, need to y'all press one on that. Come on in. And mm-hmm. We ain't going to talk about it too bad. What's the number, Jay? The they need to shut that down. Oh, yes. The number is 516-387-1219. If you're listening on a link, if you already streamed in with your phone, just press one. Um, we know y'all listening. Just uh, join us. You know, join the discussion. Your voice your opinion. We didn't we did not doing this show just to talk to ourselves all night. You know what I'm saying? So jump on in and and, and say your piece. You know, oh shoot, there you know what? We we gotta listen to him do his poetry. We show I, we ain't we ain't trying to cut off the welfare system. We need to hear the po the, the poet the poet. Now what Miss V which what uh poem you say? It was race racism in America. All right. All right, you guys ready? Yes, sir. All right. This is called Racism in America. Love me. The fake rappers got choppers. The fake actors got Oscars. Government aren't mobsters. The Illuminati imposters. Cool world. That's all I really ever heard. And life is hell, so I always listen to God's words. Don't love them girls, they just birds. Don't love seem to come last when it comes first. Haters keep hating me because it's dead in their hearts. My heart is broke because I realize no life really hurts. And I always try to set a good example. And God has given me so many problems I can handle. Pray forgiveness. All my thoughts have been on a hit list. And everything I killed for just became a witness. And who fell? And they fell when they went to jail. But I cut off society once it's all to fail. Jesus helped. Praying for you later, asking God for favors, and my strife is successful on me overcome all the haters. You will never feel my pain, but in the fevers, my depression and grievance assassinated all leaders who going to lead the people. Lying is stealing. What is this feeling? I hate feeling lonely because I was able to get all the sins I commit. The world needed change, this is the in it. And Martin had a dream, but he was killed before he realized that. I was a wild guy, dying in moments like this. Confident your secrets that are written about is how it is. We in a city where the cops just shoot and hit. Tell me who was I? And I'll admit, I felt alone for most of my pathetic life. Rapping on the track, using violence won't stop crap. 
in a world where the girls get mistreated or slapped. Being a man, son, stop selling crack. And they say love is like a war. So why these girls don't let me back? Now the student is the master. Now the underdogs the grab. Now the jobs that we do help us have what we have. You'll never feel my pain. You'll never feel my pain. You'll never understand if you've never known. And that's it. That's right. Thank you. No problem. All right. I was snapping. Mm-hmm. You know, for all y'all listening, um, you can also check out some of Jeremy Herbert's poetry on the Blacktopia mobile app. You know, some of you've already checked it out. And you, you know, you got the app, and you, you can, uh, you got the alert with his poems in it. So, uh, so that's great. Glad y'all checked that out. So, um, for all y'all that don't have the app yet, you can go to iTunes, Amazon.com, Blackberry World. You can also go to blackvibes.com and, and search Blacktopia. And speaking of blackvibes.com, Daryl Herbert was also featured in there, too, like Barbara said earlier mm-hmm. in the show. Oh, yeah. So, uh, so definitely check out blackvibes.com, you know. Um, yeah, one of the one of the, one of the few places just like Blacktopia that's that's giving our people a chance and putting us out there, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. Oh, I like also that. Featured, I like that. Oh yes. Oh yes. He was also featured in the Media Blast too. Go to themediablast.press to check that out. You can also check out Tammy Thomas too. She she's also in the Media Blast with her poetry and. Poetess Elma Clint. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Daryl, what's some of the humanitarian work you've done? I mean, I know, but I want you to tell them. (laughs) (laughs) I've done numerous humanitarian work. Um, One of my favorites is actually involving an artist collective called Live from Underground. And we do community service events involving children and we do activities like yoga or singing or just something that's uplifting for our generation and Mm -hmm. I've also spoke with rape victims I've spoken with domestic violence victims I've spoken with people who have thoughts of suicide and I just love to uplift their spirit be their voice and listen to them because that's all they need. Like they, they just want a support system. So I feel that we have to be more concerned for other people because you never know what they're going through. Like people may look all happy, but you never know what's going on and those doors. Yeah. So that's why I contribute the best of my abilities because I want to make the world a better place. Not, not just for me, but for other people because they deserve happiness. They deserve a second chance. So true. You and never know what awesome. somebody is going through. Mm-mm. You never know. People smile. And do you actually get a lot of participation? I mean, do you get a lot from, from the black community? Do you get a lot of participation and encouragement for y'all work? That's both well, of y'all. You too, Marie. From what I've seen, we have gotten a lot of support, especially in the black community. Um, black people have become more vocal about their issues. They've taking steps to prevent themselves from furthering their problems with alcohol or drugs or so forth. And they turn to stuff like poetry or 
singing or art or painting or stuff of that nature. Like, mm-hmm. I just feel that allowing your emotions to be released in that kind of form, in that kind of way is a very beneficial source for your body, mind, and soul because that can do a lot for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you yeah, just, I mean, you did that. I definitely noticed a lot more of us participating and trying to create ways to, like, outlets. Like you were saying, like, writing the arts, you know, trying to, instead of being angry, mad all the time, like, writing and, and you know, painting and stuff like that. But I would just, like, for, for, do you get, do you collect donations in the in the community, like, in the black community? I haven't done like that Like, to help before, support? But... Mm-hmm. I haven't done that before, but I feel like that's something that I would be interested in doing. Um, mm-hmm. And I also feel that people just need to be more helpful with one another. Like, we're so quick to demonize and ostracize. And so, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, precisely. And I just don't appreciate that because people go through so much and, like, they don't have that support system. Like, they don't have that boyfriend or girlfriend or family member or friend they could turn to. And they cut themselves or they take it out on other people. So I feel that we just have to be more encouraging and more sensitive to these kinds of issues because it's happening as we speak and no one's really addressing it or putting it into light because we're so scared of the topics. Like, why are you so scared of talking about suicide or self-harm or alcohol or drugs? Like, these are issues that are affecting us every single day, and we need to be more concerned with ourselves and for the sake of other people. Oh, yeah. And, um, Daryl, you know, I also want to suggest this, too, even though, you know, you, uh, you know, started with the donation thing and, and ended back with the um, – talk about the topics, you know, which, you know, we, we definitely should. I just want to say one quick thing about the donation thing. Next time you're uh, reading your poetry at one of the events or even one of the humanitarian events that you partake in and read the poetry, you know, just uh, take a hat and pass it around, you know, and tell them, hey, yep. drop it, drop it, poetry. you know, that's, that's what a lot of the poets do when they, you know, not as an official pass the poetry. Hat. Yeah, pass the hat, you know. Pass the hat. Mm-hmm. I agree. Oh, yeah. You know, what I was going to say to that is, you know, we – oh, I'm sorry. No, I, I just wanted to, want to say real quick, I, I really hope that, you know, you get more support out of our community. So we really need to, like, PR for us. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Daryl, let me ask you, uh, aside from just the, you know, the poems, you ever think about putting out any audio or putting out a, a book or anything like that? I think I believe I asked you before, but I, you know, just let the people know if you're trying to, what you're trying to do. Um. Well, I've been trying to really put out my first book. Um. It's entitled "In Pain," and I feel that it's it's very simple and it's straightforward. Like I'm in pain you're in pain, we're all in pain, like, pain is normal, pain is fine, like, nothing is wrong with pain, but it depends on how you deal with your pain, and the book itself would have over 200 poems, 
And like I said before, I write constantly or I write whenever I'm inspired. So I feel that those poems are very deep and personal and in your face. And they're just filled with a lot of experiences, a lot of disappointment, a lot of relationships. And they tend to, you know, be a voice for other people because they read my stuff and they say, oh, this person went through this. Um, Look at what he's doing. He's getting his book published. Maybe I can get my book published, you know, so I feel like my voice could be uplifting for other people. Good job. Oh, yeah. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, now, Daryl, let everybody know all the places you've been, uh, you know, all you where you've been published. I know Barbara ran through a couple of them, but um, that's what all the, also the listeners are just listening in on the uh, second hour of the show, uh, you know, where all, your po- where all your poems have been published. Well, oh, my poems have been published numerous of places. And, like, some of them are just, very straightforward and they're not really hard to find like you just have to use your resources um if you want to find my poetry it can be found in hang time magazine lemonade stand magazine best teen writing of 2014 and as well as other places and i just feel that you know like my poetry has gotten a lot of criticism over the years considering Mm -hmm. how dark or how controversial the topics are. But, like, I'm not into all of that, oh, the sky was green or the trees were in my face. Like, no. Like, I I want something that's going to make me want to revolt, want to make me question things. Like, we don't question things. And And when we don't question things, we just stay with the same answers. So I feel like we have to be more vocal. Like, say what you feel. Like, don't be afraid. Like, just say how you're feeling and let your emotions be heard. Let your voice be heard because you never know what your message could do for someone else. Yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah, now we only have a few minutes left. Uh, Oh, no, we have... uh... Things are delay. Let me see what's possible. Oh well. Um, well, Darren, you think you can maybe squeeze in one more poem before we uh, wrap up the show? Sure. Um, this is actually a new poem I I, I actually wrote it today actually. Um, and it's called Stomach Wall. Uh-oh, All right, here. <laughs> okay. Like the acid in my stomach wall. Delete the message and erase the call. Who's on top of summer if the summer falls? Pour the liquor down my throat. Restate the claims that I never spoke. Piss on my mirror frame before I float. Stomach tissues. Why is prostitution illegal but pornography still an issue, like the acid in my stomach wall, light the acid before they fall, drama, marijuana, this pain won't go away, 
I vomited blood yesterday. The blood is on my shirt. Do you want to taste? High, so high, unable to do a high five. Bye, so high, unable to reply. Plugging in the guillotine to cut down my lifeless eyes. Falling from a tree of bitter lies. Sliding down the slippery slope of suicide. And that's it. Okay, good, good. I think my claps are... Uh... Thank you. Yeah, the clap sound effects are... All, all right, now we're about to wrap this up. You've been listening to Black Children's Business Roundtable Talk Radio with your host, Farm of the Country Cleaning Lady, some guy named Jay and Miss Marie Jones. Babs, is there anything you want to say right quick before we wrap up? Keep up the good work, Daryl. Thank you so much for the poetry. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Definitely. Miss Marie Jones, any, any last words? Yes, yeah, stay original and please continue your humanitarian work. Definitely commendable. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Will do. Oh, yeah. Thank you very much. All right. For all y'all listening, you can catch Daryl's work on many places. Uh, Barbara and, and Daryl actually ran through a list of them. But uh, one of the places you can definitely check them out, check out his poetry, is on the Blacktopia mobile app. Download and install it. And you can get those as they come out. And uh, that's it. Next week we got Linda Brown. Want to talk about ACN Network? And uh, you've been listening to Black Sophia Presents Roundtable Talk Radio with your host, Barbara Company Clean Lady, Miss Marie Jones, some guy named Jay, with our guest, Daryl Herbert. You don't have to go home, but you got to get off this thing. And uh, is Birdman, is there anything you want to tell us? Okay. Y'all real finished or y'all done? I ain't got no more talking. We ain't got no more talking. That's it. Night, y'all. Night. Night, y'all. Night.